Hello, this is Danielle Rose, Catholic singer and music missionary, found at www.daniellerose.com. And I'm wondering if you've been taking your Catholic vitamins. Join Deacon Tom and the lovely D and get just the right nutrients for your face from A to Z. Welcome to Catholic Vitamins, your dose of spiritual supplements from A to Z. Catholic Vitamins, specially formulated to help you achieve optimum spiritual health. It's time to energize your faith, forget what lies behind, and press on toward the goal. We've already won. Here are your hosts for Catholic Vitamins, Deacon Tom Fox and his lovely wife, Dee. Hello, everyone. It's the elder, Deacon Tom. <laughs> and the younger, yes, Dee. Yes. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It is us. We are uh, Catholic Vitamins, designed to nourish your faith from A to Z. Dee, this is show number... 474. And the vitamin... Well, guess what? What? It's vitamin A again. Are we starting the a, the this alphabet is the again? 18th round of the alphabet that we've been do, done since what? 2009. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Who would have thought, huh? All right. So our vitamin today is awaken 2 because we did awaken once before. We have someone who's going to help awaken our faith help awaken your faith, and who was awakened himself in his faith walk. His name is William Hemsworth. <clears throat> He's, um, I guess, an evangelist and a missionary down in the Tucson area. Sometimes we do a show, we call it uh, Stories Down the Pew. Right. This is a story down the state. <laughs> <laughs> we story are, down, the, down the southern part of the diocese. How's yeah, that? yeah, right. We're up in north central Arizona, and he is further down, close to the border, not terribly far from the border. And uh, we've invited him to come up here sometime for mass and brunch. He and his wife, I'd like to meet his wife, because she had some to do with his conversion. She prayed for him like a real prayer warrior. We'll find out about that during oh, the interview. Speaking of prayer warrior and praying for things, yes. we're going to talk about something in a little while today that we're praying for. Okay. Maybe we could get everybody to pray for that. Wouldn't, that. wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? Well, I celebrated a birthday. I do not want to tell any of the listeners what the number is, but you made a big fuss over it that it was sort of a monumental birthday. Well, I blew the whistle and told everybody. I know, but I don't, <laughs> I don't want to say it here. But what she <laughs> did was that she contacted people from... I guess other planets. I think. <laughs> well, we've we've lived all across the United States. We've moved around so much in our married life, and so we have friends everywhere. And Dee contacted them without me knowing it. Uh, I don't think I had much of any clue that anything was going on. One time, I guess maybe three weeks before my birthday, a birthday card came in, and I wondered what that was about. But you know, some people are just confused, or they're going to be away, or something. So, I was I was cringing when that one came in. I was like, "Oh no, my cover's going to be blown!" But yeah. between then and your birthday, I was still able to get to the mailbox 
before you almost every day. Yes, you did. And I would confiscate any cards, and I hit them away right away. <laughs> so what happened, dear friends, is I came out on birthday morning. The princess continued to sleep, of course. And I came out, and the uh, dining room table was covered with birthday cards. I don't know, maybe 80 birthday cards at that time. Excuse my voice. Yeah, Yeah, and some helium balloons. And so I was very, very surprised. It completely covered the table. Dee has taken some pictures of it. But um, that was very nice. And then over the coming week, more cards came in. And what was the final count? About 105, I think. It's up there like, I think it was up to like 100, close to 110 by the time they stopped coming in. So I uh, enjoyed a full week of opening cards. <laughs> <laughs> you, would, you would just pick up a handful each evening and open them. and We had such fun reading them. It was so good to hear from people back from, uh, gosh, Estes Park and from... Uh, you even got a card from one of our listeners, Joe, over in Italy. Yes, and, and um, let's see, who else? Somebody, another listener uh, in Ohio. uh uh-huh. Uh, in Illinois. In Illinois. Gosh, it was just lovely. So wonderful. Thank you for those who participated. And if you're hearing this now and you didn't send in a birthday card, <laughs> don't don't bother. I, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, on top of the hundred and some cards you got, you got oodles and oodles of emails and text messages. And I did. It was just continuing uh, for days. Coming out of church on what day was it? I guess Easter? it was, was it Easter. Yeah, because your birthday felt right before Easter, right? Coming out of church on Easter, one lady said, uh, uh, Deacon, Deacon, I have something for you in the car. I, she's a good and holy woman, Kathy, and I thought maybe she was going to be giving me a holy card or a book to read, but it was a chocolate cake, oh, one God. of my favorites. Oh, that was you. You got it the day before your birthday. It was Holy Thursday. Okay, all right. So yeah. I couldn't get into it before uh before Easter Saturday, I think. <clears throat> well, the reason why I did what I did was because your birthday fell on the Good Friday this year. Yes, it so, did. So, you know, we aren't going to do a big celebration on Good Friday. No. Plus, we were still under COVID restrictions, so there was no big parties and gatherings permitted. So that's kind of why I did what I did. All right. Well, thank you, dear D. You're lovely in <laughs> many ways, and you sure pulled the stops out on that one. It was really great. We're going to take a break. Uh, I opened with uh, some words of inspiration from dear Danielle Rose, and we've heard from her. I want to say something about that a little bit later in the show. Music missionary Danielle Rose has been a friend of Catholic Vitamins in a special way for a long time, and uh, she's now a wife and mom and just a lovely, lovely family. We'll take a break, and we'll be back.
Well, that was lovely. Danielle Rose with an upbeat song. You know, be God's mercy, be God's joy, be God's change one person at a time. And that's the message of Mother Teresa. And she and Mother Teresa were very close. Do you remember that in her story? I don't know if I remember that exactly, but I'll take your word for it. Sure. Well, uh, speaking of friends, Daniel Rose being a friend of Catholic Vitamins, we had breakfast this morning at our uh, neighborhood cafe that we love going to on Saturday mornings. And most times we're breakfasting alone, but we had another couple join us this morning. They called, and uh, Mike and Jerry were uh, up from the valley, the Phoenix Valley, Mm -hmm. and we had, gosh, a long, long leisurely breakfast, shared an awful lot. It's Mm -hmm. so good to be with friends. But the thing about them is they are really, really on fire for the faith. and We always enjoy our time with them. For sure. And uh, she's going to be involved in an Axe Women's Retreat. You did that, what, Mm -hmm. two years ago, was it? Mm Mm-hmm. She was on the team. Yeah, and I'm sure she's going to be on the team again. Uh, I took, I did the X men's retreat a couple of years ago, and it was so powerful for me that I really, really wanted you to go. And you were kind enough to say yes, not knowing what you were going to get into. But it was what four days, like Thursday to yeah. Sunday. If I, if I lived down in the valley, I might be willing to be part of the team. But they, they have a lot of meetings that they have to get together and do ahead of time to well, plan I'll this. turn I'll turn your name into Sherry. We'll see. <laughs> see I'd have to make a lot of trips. No, <laughs> you can do part of it by Zoom, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and I just want for our listeners to hear the word that we're saying is ACTS. A-C-T-S. Adoration. Confession. Was it confession? Or communion. Theology and service. Yeah, I don't think C was confession. All right. At any rate, we did that. It was really, really powerful. And it started in Texas, as I recall. And it has been a very, very effective uh, renewal program for people who are in the faith, born in the faith, but who could use renewal. Uh, that's, a, that's sort of the way you met Mike, right? Yeah, I might have known him well, a little they, bit. That's right. We would have we would have known a little bit because they they always came up here. Uh, they have a second right. home, and so they they've been up to our town and our church and our parish here. Right. Okay. <clears throat> Speaking of friends, dear, we're turning to our Catholic Vitamins friends. Anyone who is hearing this show, whether here in our community on our Catholic radio station or uh, on the World Wide Web, we are. Um, in search of a president for RIM Catholic Evangelization Association, that's the parent nonprofit corporation that started KPIH Catholic Radio and um, in June will be looking to replace the president of the organization. And, uh, and so we're praying about that and we're starting a novena to St. Joseph. Yes, the board of directors and all those involved with helping at the station to join him with this novena. So now we're going to ask everybody to help. If you'd like more information, or if you'd like us to send you the prayer to St. Joseph that we're using for the novena, it's very short, very powerful. St. Teresa of the uh, Child Jesus said that she has never known anyone who turned to St. Joseph who did not have their prayers answered. 
So uh, if you'd like to help us find a president for our nonprofit organization, um, we would really appreciate your prayers and uh, send an email to catholicvitamins at gmail.com and just say, uh, send me the St. Joseph prayer and we'll be happy to do that. Well, next up, our time with our special guest, William Hemsworth. Looking forward to sharing this because it's part of Nourishing your faith, as we say, excuse my voice, from A to Z. We'll be back. Next up on Catholic Vitamins, a man after my own heart, someone that I've looked forward to talking with for quite a while. He's our guest on Catholic Vitamins. His name is William Hemsworth. He's down in Tucson. It might be a little warmer there than up in north central Arizona where I am, but uh, we're sure glad to have William as a guest on Catholic Vitamins now in, I guess, approaching our 13th year. Blessings, uh, William, and thank you for coming on our show. Oh, Deacon Tom, thank you for having me. It's a blessing to be here, and congratulations on all the years you put into Catholic vitamins, like you said, coming up with 13 years, that's just amazing. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's God's grace and help and a lot of interesting people that we've been able to meet over the years, bishops and priests and deacons and authors and evangelists. And uh, I, I guess we would categorize you as an on-fire evangelist. Is that fair? I, I think that's fair to say. I try to share the faith whenever and however I possibly can. Very good. So if that qualifies, then that definitely, then most definitely. All right. Good, William. Uh, when you were young, uh, a young child growing up in your family, was there faith uh, practice there, and how was faith for you as a young boy? Faith as a young boy, honestly, my my parents didn't take us to church. We didn't start going to church until I was twelve years old. Oh. My mom, one day, um, I remember this conversation pretty vividly. She told my dad, I want to start taking the kids to church. And the next weekend we went, there was a church right up the street from where I lived in Southern California called Sunset Wesleyan Church. And that's where we went. Uh, we went there one Sunday, and that's pretty. That's where I went up until I graduated high school. So that, that, was, that was home as far as faith was concerned. From that point on, my, uh, my dad stayed home for the first couple of weeks because he wanted to watch football. But after a little while, he started coming. He thought it was important that he be there with us when we were in church. Um, so we started going to church every week. And eventually we started going on Sunday evenings as well, as well as Wednesday nights, because that's when they had their, their various activities. And really, that's what, at the age of 13 is where I, I made my profession of faith to follow Jesus. And I made, and I decided to be baptized. And of course I grew up in the Wesleyan church and, you know, baptism was more of a symbolic action of a, it's more of an obedience thing saying publicly that you're, you're following Jesus. There wasn't, no, there wasn't a, that sacramental, there wasn't a sacrament like we would say it is in the Catholic church. But so, I became very involved. Let me let me let me ask you a question about this baptism. Oh, sure. uh, um, I, I don't mean to disrespect the step that you took, but were you doing this of your own strong conviction, or were you sort of trying to please 
the expectations for people of your age? Oh, sure. No, actually, as far as the baptism went, um, there was a card in the bulletin. I filled out the card, and my parents had no idea that I actually filled it out. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and so the the pastor had sent a, a, a letter to, in the mail saying that there's a baptism class, and that's when my mom found out. I forgot to tell my mom that I was wanting to be baptized. I, I just filled out the card on my own with the pencil and paper that were in the pew. Mm-hmm. So it was something. It was something I felt that rich to do. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't trying. I wasn't peer pressured into it. It was something I wanted. It was some, something I really wanted to do, and something I felt was important. All right. Well, leaving, so that's why. I was that. Sure. Leaving your uh, your high school years, where did you head out from there? A week after I graduated high school, I I joined the army. I went into basic training a week after graduating high school. Um, I was blessed to score high enough on my ASVAB. I was able to choose whatever job I wanted, and I chose to be a chaplain assistant. And for those that don't know what a chaplain assistant is in the military, is you help the soldiers with whatever their religious needs are, whether they're a Protestant, Catholic, Orthodox, Buddhist, whatever the case is. You make sure their religious needs are met. And that's really where I had my first exposure to the mass. Because in chaplain school, we got familiar with what the chalice was, what a ciborium was. But we didn't go through a mass or anything. It was that first Sunday working at the main post chapel at Hunter Army Airfield in Savannah, Georgia, where I had my first experience of the mass. Now, Deacon Tom, I had those common preconceptions that some Protestants have. You know, that Catholics don't read the Bible. Or there, for some reason, I had this preconception that Catholic priests, they don't really preach or anything like that. You know, the church I grew up in, we read two, three verses, and there was a 45-minute sermon on it. Right, right. And so in this first Mass, I'm up on the mezzanine working with the sound system. I was like, well, the Mass is coming up. I'm going to stay here and see what this Mass is about. And so I see people coming in. The Mass starts, and there is a reading from the book of Isaiah. And then, of course, the responsory psalm. And then there was a reading from Romans. And there was a reading from the Gospel of Mark. I'm thinking, well, mine, that's a lot of scripture that just happened here, much more than I'm used to. And then the priest gets up. Father Livingston gets up. And he gives a 40-minute homily on the Gospel of Mark. And so, <laughs> so right there, like, I had two pre- these, these two notions shattered right away. But, of course, you know, being young and dumb as I was, I was 19 years old at the time. I was like, okay, so those preconceptions were wrong, and I went on with my life for a little bit. And um, that's when I got my station on Fort Huachuca here in Arizona by Sarah Vista, where your where your uh, priest was a chaplain, I believe. Yes, correct. Yes. And I met my wife. I met my wife there, and we decided we. I mean, I closed the word, decided to get married, and she said, "I want to get married in the Catholic Church." I was like, okay, sounds good. So why don't I just become Catholic? And this is kind of where my story gets a lot. This is where I say God, he, he writes crooked with straight lines. Yeah. This, Deacon Tom, this is where I was doing it to make other people happy, not because I believed it was true. And so when I tell people, if you're going through RCA, make sure it's something that you feel strongly about, that you believe that Catholicism is true. Because I was trying to make someone else happy, ended up, ended up being a little while before I was all in to the church because eventually I, I got, I got 
accepted into the church. And as hard as this is to believe now, Deacon Tom, I didn't believe that the Eucharist is what Jesus says it was. Um, I had some issues with Mary, and I never asked questions to clarify those answers, and so it eventually, at least intellectually, led me away. It led, it led me away, and um, I decided at one point to enter a Baptist seminary, which, again, I look back at all this stuff, I'm like, it's crazy, but at the same time, everything I learned is helps me with my ministry now. So it kind of, in a sense, it worked out. But I decided I was going to study the early church fathers because there was no way that the early church fathers could have taught Catholic things. <laughs> but wait, before you, before you, <laughs> before you move forward on this very interesting point, I just want to back up for a second because it occurred sure. to me that your wife to be said that she wanted to be married in the Catholic church. And, and what was her reason for wanting to do that? Was she born Catholic and had been practicing yeah. the faith or just wanted to, to be, what was the reason for the, the Catholic marriage? She, she, she's born and raised Catholic. Okay. All right. Um, and, and so that, that's something she wanted to do. And we were, and because I was just out of active duty, I was still eligible to use the Main Post Chapel, and that's where she grew up in the faith, was that Main Post Chapel, and it meant a lot to her to get married there. Got it. Okay. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I, I start studying early church fathers, and I call, I call this whole series like a frying pan moment from the Holy Spirit. Because the, the first thing we read, one of the first things we read was, well, obviously, we had um, St. Ignatius of Antioch, and he, he writes about the Eucharist being the body and blood of Christ, and then he talks about how, you know, where the bishop is, there's the Catholic Church. And I kind of brush that thought, okay, that's interesting. Okay. But then we got to Justin Martyr, and Justin Martyr, in his first apology, he's writing to the emperor, you know, and he's trying to tell the emperor that all these charges against the Christians are not true. And he gives an outline, uh, it's kind of a basic outline of the mass. Right. <clears throat> How the prophets are read, the memoirs from the apostles are read, the presider says some words on what was read, and then after that, bread and wine are brought to the presider, he prays over them, and only those who are baptized can partake of it, because we believe it's the body and blood of Jesus. And this was that big moment for me, like, bam, like, and I was like, where is this church at? I remember saying that after reading, like, where is this church that I'm reading about here? It, it was, it was amazing to me. And it still gives me chills today. After reading Justin Martyr, we came to Irenaeus and Irenaeus in his work against heresies, he's talking, he's writing against the Gnostics and essentially saying, if you say you're the, the true church, can trace the, the bishops of the true church can trace their bishops back to the apostles. So I'm like, wow, where, where's this? And he calls it the rule of faith. The true church can trace their lineage back. And then all churches have to agree with the greatest church, which is in Rome. That was another frying pan moment for me. I was like, okay, I have to make, I had to analyze. I was like, wow. Okay. So everything I'm seeing here, where is this? Where is it? And then it hit me one day when I'm sitting with my wife at Mass. It's like the Holy Spirit was yelling at me like, 
It was during the words of consecration that the priest was giving. And pretty much as the Holy Spirit was like, do you get it now? Do you get it? Here it is. Everything you've been reading, you want to know where it was. It's been here. You've seen it before. You've seen it before. And it was my pride. It, it was my pride keeping me from seeing it. And this was, it was earth shattering for me because I knew that I was home. I, the tr- I knew where the truth was. And the next morning I'm sitting in the parking lot at work. I looked at a, a bank here in Tucson at the time. I was waiting for the doors to open. And I sent a text message to my wife. And I was like, I'm sorry for everything I put you through over the last couple of years. <laughs> wow. I, I believe that the church is true. I'm sorry. Um, but we got our marriage. Um, let me back up, Deacon Tom. I'm sorry. I skipped ahead a little bit. When we were still in Fort Huachuca, I had an annulment thing I had to deal with. And so even, so I had to go through RCIA twice down there. And even then, I still had, I was still doing it not for me. I was doing it for my wife. But when we moved to Tucson, and then I realized what the church taught was true and how we could trace it in history, it was that, it was a lightning bolt moment. And I, I knew, I knew the Catholic church is true. I, I, I sent that text message to my wife and said, I'm sorry for everything I put you through. And Dean Tom, what she said to me, what she responded back with is amazing. And she said, I've been praying for you this whole time. And I've just been, I knew you had to find the answers on your own. And I knew you were searching and I knew you would eventually get there. I'm glad you're there. And, I, and, and she said, I was never going anywhere. I was always going to be there. And I knew you would arrive where you had to be. This makes me very tender, William. Very, very tender. Just So she's praying for me the whole time. Her mom was praying for me the whole time. And it, it was just beautiful. And I went to confession that Sunday, Deacon Tom. And, and I, you know, I went in there, you know, bless me, Father, I've sinned. It's been, I think it was like three or four years at that point. <laughs> Because, like I said, I was doing it for my wife the first time around. And, of course, I was crying already. I was crying in the confessional. And the priest, God rest his soul, he's passed away now. And he said, did you bring a lunch? And that just broke the tension, and we both started laughing. And then I was able just to get everything out. And then, so he's like, son, you're, you're here now. Learn from everything that you went through. Because God's going to be able to use that. For you to help others. And I didn't know what he was talking about at the time. I had no idea. But I went to confession. And that's when I started getting active. I started getting active in the parish. Uh, About a couple months after that, I volunteered to help with the religious education program to teach first graders. I had young kids at the time. I thought maybe I could help them. Now, 19 first graders, that's what I was initiated with. But it was fun. I had a blast doing it, and I'm still doing it. I'm blessed to teach First Communion this year. My, my, my twins are going through the class. They're two of my students, so it's just a blast to go through and see how they're learning, too. And I just started getting more involved. It was like the Holy Spirit just calling me, saying, okay, you're doing this. Now you can do this. It's like everything built on each other. Every objection I had to the faith is something I still use today. Not the objection, but how I overcame the objection. 
And Deacon Tom, sometimes we think that what we're doing doesn't isn't making an impact. But every now and then I'll get an email randomly for someone saying, you know, I saw this YouTube video you did, or I heard this podcast you were doing, and that makes a lot of sense. And that was an issue I was struggling with. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for using my introverted self who struggled so much with the faith to help someone else. And I'm just here to serve. And like I said, my story has a lot of twists and turns in it. And I'm, I'm not the only one who has a story like that. I'm sure. But I, I went a whole different route into coming to the church. Like it was here the whole time in front of my eyes, but I wasn't seeing my pride kept me from seeing it. And, you know, Praise God that he used the writings of those ancient saints to still open my eyes all these years after they've been written. So I'm here now, and I'm thankful that the Lord is using me for whatever he plans to use me on next. <laughs> I uh, want to just ratify one thing that you said. You know, I'm uh, this June will be ordained a deacon 17 years, and... Uh, a lot of times I just wonder if there's any benefit to my ministry. <clears throat> but every once in a while, the Lord God gives you just a little glimpse of something that you've done, someone that you've touched or reached. Uh, I think he does it uh, just to give you a nod that uh, there is a reason for all this and to keep keep on keeping on. So... Uh, Kudos that uh, that you've you know that you're in the fight now that you are leading the good fight and uh, I, I have some of the same sort of journey things that you've described but this is about you and uh, I'd like now to talk <clears throat> during the uh, latter part of our time together we still have some time to talk about what you're doing on podcasting and I've seen your name on writings for Catholic Exchange and Epic Pew. And so what have you been doing since this conversion time? Well, September 3rd, September 3rd, uh, I can't talk to the deacon Tom. September 3rd, I left my position at the bank and I'm doing this full-time writing, podcasting, things like that. And that came from my wife as well. She came up to me in June of this past year, and she said, it's time for you to do this full-time. This is what you love to do. And I see the joy when you talk to these people and you were writing. And so it's really her. her, She is a much, without my wife, there's no way I could do this. But what I'm doing now, Deacon Tom, is I have, my podcast is called Know the Faith, Defend the Faith. And praise God, I have 100 and I think I uploaded my 133rd episode yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. And I post twice a week. Yes, but I have some great yes. guests. I, have, I, mean, I talked to Scott Hahn yesterday. I'm talking to Carlo Broussard tomorrow. Um, I've talked to Trent Horn. I've talked to our friend Tony Agnesi, Kendra Von Esch. They're, they're both guests on, on the show as well. And it's a mix of apologetics, evangelism, just trying to get just tips for people to live the faith every day to be out there and realize that when you live your faith every day, it's not just a Sunday thing, but when you're out there every day, you're being a witness to people and you're bringing the, you're bringing the gospel to them, even if you don't know it. And so my, and my writing as well, is what I try to do as well. It's a blend of apologetics, devotional evangelism. 
And like you said, I've had some stuff on Catholic Exchange, Epic Pew, Catholic Stand, and Pathios, as well as my own website, which is just my name, WilliamHemsworth.com. That's real, that, that takes a lot of my time. And right now, I'm in the process of writing out my conversion story um, in long form. And that's been, that's been a fun adventure. There's been a lot of things I've forgotten about, and my memory has been refreshed. And just the bigger aha that the Holy Spirit was guiding this process the whole time and working in ways that I had no idea at the time. Um, so that takes up most of my time. The podcast I record about three or four times a week, and I, I'm laying, laying out two times a week. Just really blessed that people take the time to come on my show and to share their faith stories, to share what they're doing, share how to overcome objections, and tips of evangelizing. I'm impressed by I'm sorry, excuse me for interrupting. I'm surprised at some of the names that you've mentioned, although some are in common with the work that we've done on Catholic Vitamins. You mentioned Kendra Von Esch and Tony Agnesi, good friends of Catholic sure. Vitamins. Uh, what did you talk about with Scott Hahn? Well, Scott Hahn, uh, we talked about his new book, it is right and just. And the first time I talked to him, because that was the second time on the show, and the second time we talked about his other book, the one Hope to Die that came out earlier this year. So those are some those are some things he talked about. But in the process of those, he gave, like for example, in his book It Is Right and Just, he talks about how true religion, how us living our faith authentically on a daily basis, can change those around us. And when we change those around us, we maybe change our neighborhood. And then when the neighborhood changes, the city changes. When the city changes, the state changes. The state changes, other states change. And slowly the country changes when we're living our faith authentically. And more than just a, a Sunday morning deal, we're living it seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And he really hammered that point home, how in a, in a, in, in a, how in an ever-increasingly secular society, that's what society needs, is people of authentic faith, not afraid to go out there and live their faith in an authentic way. So that's what we talked about with Scott Hahn mm. yesterday. Wonderful, wonderful, gosh. Well, uh, I'll have to become a subscriber to your podcast for sure. Um, what are you writing about um, these days? There's a lot of problems in the church. There's a lot of problems in the country and in the world. What's your uh, what's your writing trying to express these days? Right now, Dean Tom. Right now, I'm I'm writing my conversion story down in long form. Okay, all right. Um, I've, I've put off writing it for a long time, just thinking there's so many out there who needs another conversion story. And in prayer about a month ago, basically, Lord laid it on my heart like it's time to get your story out. You talked about it on, you talked about it on your podcast. You talked about it on other shows. Put it in long form. Get all the details out, all the things that you were, all, all the all the hurt, if you will, because there there was some things in there where it was it was very hard to go through. So I go through my my that first moment where I started going to church at twelve. How my faith grew. How I started having questions that weren't quite answered in the Wesleyan tradition in high school, 
and how the Catholic faith answered those questions later on. Mm -hmm. So it's a deep dive into really how I came to the faith and looking at some of those issues I struggled with and then looking at how the Catholic faith answer, answers them. And I try to go deep into the Church Fathers, Scripture. There's some papal encyclicals in, papal encyclicals in there. But it's been eye-opening for me as well because some of these memories, I don't know if I just forgot about them and then writing it just unlocked it, but it's been a blast writing it. And hopefully it does some good out there. But that's 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 my main focus now, and I really feel that's what the Lord has asked me to do at this point. So I'm focusing on that, and hopefully I'll have it done in the next two or three weeks. Have you found a publisher yet? Not yet. I sent a couple emails out, and the publishers take a little time to get back with you. Um, yes. Most of them are saying, you know, well, you'll hear back from us in eight to ten weeks. So I just got to be patient. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, I hope that you'll allow a Catholic Vitamins to help in publicity promotion for your book when it's finished. We definitely would like to support that effort. And, uh, Thank you. you know, we... We we sort of have talked about this already, but we're we're not Catholic Vitamins is not real big in in this uh, work that we're doing. But uh, I believe that if you put something out there, if God wants somebody to see it, read it, or to hear it, that He'll make it happen. <clears throat> and uh, so uh, our time together in this interview is a great gift. And when your book comes out, whether you sell, you know. 100 copies or 1,000 copies, somebody who needs to read the, your work will will find it and just let it go. Thanks. Yeah, Thank you very much. For sure, for sure. Well, you've talked a little bit about um, your connectivity information. If somebody wants to get signed up with you, with your podcast, with your uh, writing What's the recommendation? Best thing to do is just go to my website, williamhemsworth.com. Everything is there. The podcast is there, the YouTube channel, and just subscribe, and you'll get, you'll get everything whenever something posts. That's the easiest way to do it. And you can always email me as well at williamhemsworth at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from anyone out there. I'm always available to answer any questions. There's no such thing as a dumb question. So feel free to email anything that's on your heart. You might take a message to your bride and tell her that um, she's touched my heart. She's a prayer warrior of the first class. And um, she may have had periods when she wondered whether her prayers were ever going to be heard. But you're the result of those prayers. Excuse my voice. So it's really, uh, really wonderful that she's been your partner in all this. Yeah, Big Tom, I will let her know, and that'll it'll mean the world to her. She, it was a rough time for her. She stuck there, and she prayed the whole time. And like you said, here's the result in front of her. And we're a, we're, we're a blessed Catholic family with four children, and we're blessed to be involved even in marriage prep at our parish now. So it's... It's been a great blessing, and definitely she's been one of the best things in my life, for sure. Amen. Amen. William Hems Hemsworth, thank you very much for coming on Catholic Vitamins. I hope we're staying in touch, and I'll keep you in my our prayers.
And you'll be in my prayers too, Deacon Tom. Thank you very much for having me. nurse wrote an article a few years back about the research she had done with the elderly. Hi, this is Tony Agnesi. The article talked about the five regrets of the dying. They were, number one, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life that others expected of me. Too often we follow a life that we think others would approve of or want for us. Parents oftentimes have ideas of what career paths their children should follow. And often they are 180 degrees opposite of their children's own desires. Number two, I wish I didn't work so hard. I've never heard of a person who on their deathbed said, you know, I wish I'd have spent more time at work. They often say they wish they'd have spent more time with family, spouse, children, more time traveling, writing, or in ministry to others. Third, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. You know, sometimes it's tough for people to speak out. They feel so strongly about issues, but feel tongue-tied when it comes to sharing their opinion. Fourth, I wish I'd have stayed in touch with friends. Friends, we make many over the years, but lose touch with so many that meant a great deal to us at a certain time in our lives. Our jobs take us to a new city. We finish school. We go our separate directions, and we lose touch. Often we think about reconnecting, but the busyness of our life gets in the way until it's too late. And fifth, I wish that I had let myself be happier. We take our responsibilities seriously, and that's good. But when we begin to take life seriously, so seriously that we lose our sense of humor and wonder, happiness eludes us. Well, how do we live a life with no regrets? Here are a few things we can do to put regrets behind us. First, appreciate and be grateful for all the things we have. And don't spend so much time thinking about those things we want. Think of all the gifts you've already received from God. You know what? Write them down. Two, focus on relationships and not on things. These relationships with our spouse, our children, grandchildren, friends, fellow workers are one of the most important ingredients to a happier life. Third, don't judge. No one knows for sure what's going on in another person's life. They may have gotten some bad news, their marriage may be on the rocks, and they might be losing a job or their house. Hold back judgment. Fourth, wish everyone well. It amazes me how jealousy and resentment can cause another loving person to wish another harm. Stop it. Fifth, enjoy the journey. We've heard it a thousand times. Life is a journey and not a destination. Live for today and enjoy the moment. Sixth, don't be afraid to fail. Fear of failure is the biggest obstacle to success. Not trying something new is to guarantee failure and regrets. Seventh, forgive yourself and others. No matter what you've done or what negative things someone has done to you, have the strength to forgive. And eighth, don't forget your health. We can be so caught up in the day-to-day problems of life that we fail to take care of ourselves. We put off that medical checkup, don't have time for exercise, and then we have regrets when our health fails. It sounds simple, doesn't it? It's a life we all desire. It's a life 
of No Regrets. This is Tony Agnesi. Well, those were very wise words of wisdom from Tony. Yeah, it reminds me of some of the people who are so worried about the COVID situation that they're paranoid and they'll come in and correct people in a restaurant. Why aren't you wearing a mask or something? I mean, it's just stop all the worry. God's in charge. And as the priest told us one time, you remember this, <clears throat> he said the people were worried about taking the cup at communion. Mm -hmm. And he said, excuse me, you take the cup, you have your precious blood, you die, you go to heaven. What's the deal? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. All right. So today's uh, show was the interview with William Hemsworth. Yes. And yes. after the interview, I think it was like maybe the next day, he wrote to you and he said, Deacon Tom, it was a pleasure talking with you. I thank you so much for the time. I had a blast. I'm looking forward to the link and we'll share it everywhere. I wanted to spread the word about your station. So I posted the website yesterday. I will let my wife know you said hi. In Christ, William. All right. Very nice. nice. Thank you, William. An awful lot. And we had another bit of feedback, which I meant to read this last time when we, and I forgot or we ran out of time, but... Catsy Long. Oh, yes. Our dear friend associated with Father Ubal. You had her on in uh, for Vitamin W back in February. Okay. And she was the one who talked about Father Ubal. Yes. So she wrote back, thanks, Deacon Tom. Very. I just returned from Rwanda and taking Ubald home. Father Ubal, yeah. 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 It was the completion of my task, and I was grateful to be able to do it. Hard to believe he is gone, and the entire country was in mourning for over a week, though they were happy to have him home. There were many fears he wouldn't be returning, so he is buried at his Center for Peace. His diocese just ordained a new bishop, and he is open, prayerful, humble, and wants to continue Father Ubold's work, so we are happy to be able to work with him. That brings us hope. Blessings and peace, Catsy. Thank you so much, Catsy Long, and blessings in eternity, Father Ubald. May God uh, grant you the capability to help with uh, peace and reconciliation from heaven. We're going to take another Danielle Rose break. I'm going to refresh my voice, and we'll be back.
that's one of my favorite songs by Daniel Rose, entitled See You in the Eucharist. What a beautiful thought that we're all one in Christ in the Eucharist. That's one of her songs. It's a favorite of mine. I like that one. All right, dear. What have you got? You have a giveaway I here? Have a we're going to give this away again. We mentioned it last time. I have a, is it a four CD? I think it is, yes. Yeah, yeah it is. Four CD set. The title is Former Satanist Becomes Catholic by Zachary King. And he talks about his conversion story, the abortion industry and Satanism, Halloween, and questions and answers on the occult. Sounds very interesting. It does. If you'd like to uh, receive that absolutely free courtesy of Catholic Vitamins, send your email to catholicvitamins at gmail.com, catholicvitamins at gmail.com. And now pretending that she has memorized the phone number for our studio in case you're local or you want to call into our Catholic radio station studio, the number is... You will call (laughs) 928-363-4144. Again, 928-363-4144. And just request, Former Satanist Becomes Catholic, or the 4CD set. Well, uh, we heard from... Mariana, do you remember, dear, that Mariana Bartholomew, Bartholomew, who used to be, who used to do missionary moments for us on the podcast. She was a correspondent for, gosh, what, four years, three years, four years? Quite a while, yeah. So she says, uh, congratulations, dear Deacon Tom, on your very, on your birthday. I'm so very grateful you found me and reached out to me for Catholic Vitamins. I remember the first recorded interview that we did. I told you I love ballet dancing, and you thought I said belly dancing. (laughs) We had a great laugh over that. Sharing missionary moments was a great highlight in my life for years, and for us as well, Mariana. She said, you made me feel so very special. The Holy Spirit is in residence in you and the guests you welcome to your podcast, and I thank God for it. So enjoy a nice slab of cake or two. And I've done that. You have. <laughs> yes, I have. And uh, thank you, Mariana Bartholomew, for communicating with us concerning our birthday and uh, our continuing work on Catholic vitamins. We're going to take another break and we will be back. Hello, this is Kendra Von Esch, a recovered corporate executive who left it all behind to help bring others to a deeper relationship with God and the beautiful Catholic faith. Here is my reflection for today. Life is a journey. It is filled with twists and turns, peaks and valleys, trials and tribulations, and triumphs. And yes, falls. We will fall. There's no question about it. The question is, what do you do when you fall? Do you stay down for days and subject yourself to criticism beating yourself up, self-pity? Do you blame the world, yourself, and those around you for those falls? And do you fall over and over and over again? Or do you look to God immediately 
cry out to him and ask for forgiveness and his mercy? Do you run to confession? Do you take ownership of your life and ask the Lord to fill you with his grace so that you can walk away from temptation, sin, and deal with trials and tribulations in your life? Remember, it's the bounce that counts. So let's ask the Lord to remind us often that we need his grace, his forgiveness, and his love so that we can love ourselves, pick ourselves back up, and get on that path with him over and over again, seeking virtuous lives and a life forever in heaven. For more inspiration, free downloads, and resources, check out KendraVonash.com. Have a blessed and inspired day. Well, we've been talking about friends today, the friends at breakfast and other friends, Daniel Rose. That's Kendra Von Esch, and she's a good friend of Catholic Vitamins, and she does some work on our Catholic radio stations. Good to hear from her. I feel like we haven't had her on here in a while. I know, I know. Dear friends, uh, by the time you hear this Divine Mercy Sunday will be passed, but God's Divine Mercy is available for us. Sister uh, St. Faustina <clears throat> wrote in her diary, When once I asked the Lord Jesus how he could tolerate so many sins and crimes and not punish them, the Lord answered me, I have an eternity for punishing these, and so I am prolonging the time of mercy for the sake of sinners. But woe to them if they do not recognize the time of my visitation. Dear friends, God's mercy is available for us, and uh, now is the time to apply for it. Get to confession and uh, do some adoration before the Blessed Sacrament. And you will have led an hour of Divine Mercy on Sunday afternoon, correct? Yes, we are planning to do that from 2.30 to 3.30 on Divine Mercy Sunday. Dear friends, uh, you can tell that I'm sort of struggling a little bit voice-wise. I had a lot of... Uh, what? That, that happened at breakfast. It was so noisy at the restaurant know, this And if you have to try to elevate your voice to be heard above the noise, it, it very quickly goes downhill. <laughs> That's why I don't go to bars anymore. <laughs> don't believe that, dear friends. But uh, it was a joy to be with you on uh, Catholic Vitamins. We look forward to our next time with you when it'll be vitamin B of our, what, 18th, 18th round of the alphabet. Dear friends, thanks for being a friend of Catholic Vitamins. Send us an email if you'd like to be in touch. Blessings. Bye. From A to Z, Catholic Vitamins. Don't enter the race without them. See you next time. This is Deacon Tom. Blessings.